0: Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. Romans chapter 14 this week. This is day four in our look at that chapter. We're gonna focus in on verse 13 today. We're gonna focus in especially on that question, who are those who are weak in faith? What does it mean that their faith is weak? We've looked in uh, preceding days at the question of what does it mean to have a disputable matter with another believer and what the Bible says about that. Those are matters that we have opinions about and ideas about that the Bible doesn't clearly give an answer about. We've also talked about what does it mean to pass judgment on another believer when it comes to disputable matters and God's warnings against that. And today we focus on what does it mean to have someone whose faith is weak? Verse 13 says this, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. That's why it's so important to understand those whose faith is weak. I don't wanna put a stumbling block in somebody's way. And what does it mean to be strong in faith, and what does it mean to be weak in faith? Well, let me give these definitions. The strong in faith feel free to do anything that's not specifically prohibited by the Bible. They have a freedom in Christ to do those things that aren't specifically prohibited. The weak in faith have a sensitive conscience, especially at some point, maybe because of the experience of how they've grown up or their religious experiences. And so they feel guilty about certain activities that they see as wrong or they think others might see as wrong. And so they don't feel free to do those things because it causes guilt to come up in their lives. What the weak lack is not strength or self-control. They lack a freedom of conscience. Possibly it's because of their past. As Paul writes to those in Rome, he's possibly writing, probably writing to the Jewish Christians who are in Rome And he's reminding them that there are some who are new believers who grew up in the uh, Jewish faith, grew up in a Jewish household. And because of that, they had certain rules that they followed. And now that they have freedom in Christ to act in a different way, they're struggling with that. It's hard for them to do. And if they were to be encouraged to do something that their conscience did not yet say was okay to do, even though biblically it's okay, it would hurt their faith. Now, as we talk about the weak in faith, who are those who are weak in faith? There are There are two major struggles of what Paul is talking about here as the weak in faith. One would be legalism and the other would be works. Legalism would be the struggle of making rules where there are no rules. Someone has defined a legalist as someone who lives in mortal terror that someone somewhere is enjoying himself as a Christian. Well, I understand that definition because sometimes legalists are those who have a sour expression and never seem to have any joy in their lives. But the truth is, you can't think of legalist just that way. That's a very narrow definition of this word because that's not the motivation that governs a legalist. That's not what creates legalism in an attitude. It's not not wanting other people to have fun. There's another reason behind it. The idea that we have to limit ourselves, that we must limit ourselves from anything and everything that could possibly be wrong, even in my past, because somehow that might hurt my conscience. And so, they're not trying to spoil things for other people. Legalists usually aren't. Some are, but most aren't. What's happening is they're not trying to spoil their own faith. However, the mistake of a legalist is this. If moral behavior were simply following rules, you could program a computer to be moral. The truth of the matter is, it's more than just simply following a list of rules. It has to do with your heart toward God. So legalism, making rules where there are no rules, is a sign of those who are weak in faith. Now, before we move on to talking about works, let me just give a big warning here. Let me give the warning against those who are strong in faith using these verses to spiritually blackmail other people. Turns us all into legalists rather than faith followers when we do that. I'd like it, I'd love it if everyone has the same opinion that I do about things, but they do not. And if I can't get over that, Even though I may be strong in faith, I end up hurting the growth of others. This is talking about those who are weak in faith. If someone comes to you and says, you have to act like I say you act, because here it says in Romans 14 that if it hurts my faith, it's going to hurt you. The question is, well, are you strong in faith or are you weak in faith? And it's pretty easy usually to determine if somebody is a new believer, weak in faith, or a, a mature believer. And if somebody's trying to use these verses to spiritually blackmail you, that's obviously the exact opposite of what these verses mean about judgment. Watch out for legalism when it comes to being weak in faith, and also watch out for works. That's another major struggle of the weak in faith. That means accepting the idea that I have to seek faith and acceptance from God through my actions, through the things that I do. And what I'm saying here when I talk about works is this, the weak have not yet fully understood grace. That's what it means to be weak in faith. They haven't totally understood grace. Now, why is this issue of grace so important? Because to fully understand grace not only helps me to grow as a Christian, we grow based on God's grace, it also brings me to Christ in the first place. And if you and I as believers don't exhibit and don't show the world the grace of God, they're not seeing what it takes for me to come to Jesus Christ. The truth of the matter is, as we look at many sectors of our own nation right now, Many times, the um, narrow party is the one that wins out, especially in the evangelical churches. That's why a lot of people won't even talk about this issue because it seems like I'm being soft on sin or I'm not willing to live out the full nature of what it means to be a believer. fully submitted to Jesus Christ. I don't wanna be soft on sin. I wanna fully live out all that Jesus has for me with every commitment. I wanna give my body as a living sacrifice. And yet, I cannot ignore what Paul says here in Romans chapter 14 where he warns us against attributing rules to the gospel that are not a part of the gospel. The danger of that is people don't see grace. People in our society are fantastically interested in grace. They're fantastically interested, wonderfully interested in the gospel. But they see the church sometimes as a place that imposes standards and rules of conduct that have nothing to do with scripture. They don't see the connection between the way that we act and the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And we've gotta let people see the connection. The artificial regulations that sometimes we impose on one another, keep people from seeing that connection. That's the danger here. That's why Paul is fighting for this. Because his whole life was committed to helping people to see the grace of God. Now when we talk about the freedom to live out the grace life of Jesus Christ, we should never violate our conscience in that freedom. We should never violate our conscience. We should always live out the heart that Jesus has given to us. We should educate our conscience though also and help our conscience to understand that some of the things that we grew up thinking were wrong were religious rules that were imposed on us by some church body and not by the church of Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon once said about this thing of rules, I have found in my own spiritual life that the more rules I lay down for myself, the more sins I commit. Well, his understanding there is that our life in Jesus Christ is not based on rules it's based on grace. Jesus Christ reminded us that there is one command, that we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and one that's like to it, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we really get that down, we'll be able to live out the grace life. So when it comes to those who are weak in faith, we've had a definition of who they are here, but how do we treat those who are weak in faith? The last part of this verse, verse 13, is incredibly important. Make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. That's how you treat somebody who is weak in faith. If you have any sense that they might be weak in faith, that what you would do might hurt their faith, don't do it. Why do it? A picture of this for us on the Saddleback staff is that none of us on the Saddleback staff drink at all. No alcohol at all, we're all total teetotalers. We uh, don't even drink a glass of wine at a meal. Now, I could make a biblical case very easily that it's okay to drink a glass of wine at a meal. In fact, Paul told Timothy to drink some wine for his stomach. So to say that you couldn't drink any wine or alcohol at all is just not a biblical statement. So why have we decided to do that? Well, we realize in our society, a lot of people get addicted to alcohol. In fact, in our own church, we have a lot of people who have gone through Celebrate Recovery and been freed from that addiction. And what if I was at a meal and just having a glass of wine with my wife and somebody who'd been through Celebrate Recovery saw me there and they thought, wow, Pastor Tom can drink a glass of wine. Probably okay for me too. And because of my freedom to do that, all of a sudden they drank a glass of wine and they were caught up again in their addiction. You see, I'm more than willing to give up something I have a right to do. I have a freedom to do in Christ for the sake of a brother or sister in Christ because I don't want to see them stumble. I would gladly give up that right. I do gladly give up that right so as not to hurt another believer. And that is the heart of behind what Paul is talking about here when he talks about how to treat those whose faith is weak. Now, as we pray, we all know people who are new believers whose faith is weak and needs to grow. We all know that our own faith still needs to grow some. So let's pray, take a few minutes and talk to God and ask him to help our weak faith to grow. Jesus, we pray for those whose faith is just beginning to grow, who've just begun a relationship with you, And as we pray, some of us are praying for ourselves. We have a new relationship with you. And we pray that this new faith would grow and blossom and strengthen in you. Help us to resist the temptation to put rules and regulations in the place of grace. To settle for simple and small ways of growth that maybe we could feel like we reached quickly. Instead, instead Jesus, help us to understand this is a lifetime of growth and to look forward to that lifetime of growth in you. Help our faith to grow. And Jesus, I pray for some of us who may feel like we've been growing for a while in Christ, maybe decades, and our faith has strengthened in those years, but we still see so often how weak it is, how we choose things selfishly rather than sacrificially, how we choose to focus on ourselves rather than you. Help our faith to grow, Jesus. Help us to get to know you better and better each day, all the way as we approach that day when we will be with you forever. Help our faith to grow day by day, moment by moment, Jesus, because of your love. We ask this in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 14, verses 14 to 23.